Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. This week, They Saw Me Coming by Russell Hemmel. But in that fateful day, there were no God's trumpets in the sky to announce the pending apocalypse. The sun didn't turn pitch black emitting dark solar flares, and there were no hurricanes on land or tsunamis lapping the frozen coasts of British Columbia. It was a morning like any other in that happy country called America. There was something out of picture, though. Little me tottering out of a Martian, earthbound, homely probe in blissful ignorance. The tiny spaceship carried home, together with a bunch of data, a creature that should have never been given license to exist, let alone land. A space-bred, techno-modified beetle, with superpowers coming straight out of a Marvel movie. I even got a name. Marceba. And when humans start naming cockroaches like they were pets or pals, we can tell they're searching for troubles. I wasn't the first, or the last to be sure. Russians had been experimenting with my kind for decades to test the effect of space conditions on breeding. Using a species known not to be fussy under that regard, not to be outsmarted, Americans decided to go a step further, engineering a bionic exemplar and shipping it out to space. What such a brand of super-roaches could possibly do if kept on Mars for a while, it was everybody's guess. And more importantly, would they be able to pass any bio-enhancement to their offspring? All bets were out. The guys at Alpha Mars Station did a fine job. It's thanks to them I was able to get my light-powered exoskeleton and tiny bionic legs. They went further. They expertly messed with my DNA with surprisingly good results. And now, it's 398 days and 5 hours that Marceba has been walking over Earth's surface, reproducing at 11 times the normal beetle rate, and the effects have piled up, like a geometrical sum of infinitesimal small mistakes that in time produces catastrophic disasters. Wonders of mathematics, they'd say. Wonders of nature, too. We first swarmed all over the space station and colonized their movable vehicles. A few weeks later, we invaded the towns in the neighborhood, infiltrating sewer systems, silos, and greenhouses. Thanks to nasty bacteria that live comfortably in our guts, we were able to stand pesticides and chemicals that should have killed us stiff. We soldiered over, kept going, me leading the way. And somehow, in the process, that ineffable subtle thing called awareness, a sentiment of consciousness that doesn't need to define itself as identity, but it's still able to separate the self from the otherness, finally emerged. We saw what we looked like. We watched ourselves climbing over the shiny surface of their sky-high building, chasing the sunset rays, nourishing the solar panels that made us active over the clock. No resting for a marching army that's going to take over the planet. We didn't have names because, I know it now, it was the naming process that doomed humans and made them soft and weak. If you don't care about who you are, you don't care if you die. Which is essential to win the bloodiest war. The total one that takes no prisoners. 
Yes, they saw us coming all right, me and my brethren, but they couldn't do anything about it, not even fry us with low-charge nuclear devices. Didn't they already know we were made to stand radiation several times stronger than what their environment, let alone their fellow citizens, could take? Each generation is more resistant than the previous one, thanks to biomodified genes that transmit improvements in a pretty accurate way. Nice touch, guys. We didn't need it, but we appreciate the attention. Tonight is the night, and I'm ready for showtime. I look around with my enhanced vision, ready to proceed. I've done right coming here. Superpowers or not, they can still do damage, especially if they evacuate the region we've colonized and carpet-bomb it to a post-meteorite-Cretaceous-style environment in a lethal ABC attack combination. Not even we could survive that. Not for a few generations more. That's why Marceba's on duty tonight, in the backyard of the war room, and good for us we still have time. Indecisive and as slow as the dinosaurs, they're soon going to follow to the graveyard of history Humans are still debating if launching those weapons, fearful of political reactions, unwilling to scare a few to save them all. Talking, where action is all they need. Unseen, unnoticed, even by the electric sentries that guard this fortress-like place, I use my graphene-enhanced pincers to carve an entrance into the central mainframe. They're not ready to accept it, but no attack tonight, no attack ever. There are already a million eggs placed in strategic places, ready to be sent over the country and overseas, in a glorious roach's paradise. I stomp over the meter-long cables, and gnawing my way to the core, I begin to sever the connections that keep the whole apparatus together. The frame's watchful AIs switch their cameras, zeroing on me, and a thousand multi-layered screens reproduce my image all over, sharing it instantly with the world net. There, seeing Marceba in all her beauty and might and glory now, for a day that would forever remain in the annals of history, if humans still existed to write them. My fangs munching slowly and inexorably through the tiny wires, I observe in awe my silvery reflection, the details of my elytra on the metallic panels, and I am surprised to find them glittering, elegant, in a symmetry of lines and shades I've never noticed before. I'll probably give a name to my next offspring. They deserve it. After all, they'll inherit the world. This has been They Saw Me Coming, written by Russell Hemmel, and first appearing in Monstrosity. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C.B. D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast, to save Mama from more heartbreak, Anna said she needed a better education than she could find at home 
if she wanted to make it into nursing school like her friend Pauline, who moved away six months ago.